Welcome to Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. Every day, decisions are made across Maine that impact our environment, and Mainers play a crucial role as we speak up for climate action, the clear air, clear water, and open spaces that we all love. Come sit down with advocates and experts to discuss some of the most important stories that you need to know, what lies ahead, and hear what you can do about it. Thanks for listening as we share our view from the front lines. I'm your host, Colin Durant, and welcome to another episode of Frontline Voices. I'm so excited to be joined today by two Maine residents who live in completely different parts of the state, but share a common threat facing the clean water and healthy environment where they live. Our guests are both speaking out and working with other members of their communities to oppose mining proposals being made by Wolfton Resources. Now our listeners might recall, Wolfton is an untrustworthy company that has never operated a mine before and was in fact forced to withdraw their application for a mine at Pickett Mountain because it was riddled with errors. Uh, but in, in an even more nefarious move, Wolfton has been trying to work behind the scenes now to get local towns to approve their plans applying local elected officials with food and misinformation. They even brought in lobster rolls to a recent meeting because of course, every person who lives in Maine can be bought off with a lobster roll, but um, come on. But our first guest is Robin Hadlock-Seeley who worked to share information with residents in Pembroke where she lives down East. Uh, They passed an ordinance essentially banning Wolfton's mining activities Robin was invited to speak about Pembroke's experience with Wolfton at a recent community meeting at the Patton Lumberman's Museum. Our second guest is Mary Alice Mowry, who also spoke at that meeting, has been shining a light on Wolfton's sketchy activities in the Patton area uh, that's near Pickett Mountain. So welcome to the podcast, Robin and Mary Alice, and thanks, to, thanks for joining us. Hi, Colin. Hi, Colin. Thanks for having us. Yes, of course. So Robin, let's start with you. First, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, um, I'm an eighth generation Mainer brought up in the Midcoast area and have been living down east uh, for the past 14 years. I'm also a retired um, ecologist here. And so let's Let's dive into what Wolfton was trying to do in Pembroke and why local residents like you spoke out against their plans. So Wolfton was trying to do two things in Pembroke. One was to establish a silver mine here. It was a project that they called Big Silver. The other thing they were trying to do potentially, um, and this was in their petition to LUPC, Um, to take mine waste from the Pickett Mountain mine near where Mary Alice lives and dump it in Pembroke. And so um, can you just give us a, I mean, the community really rallied. I think, please correct me if I'm wrong. You said, I think it was Friends of Cobscook Bay, correct? Sort of really led the opposition. Is that right? Yeah. But can you give us a snapshot into the range of people who were opposing Wolfton's plans? Um, It was really quite amazing. We have um, a a small town, very small town on the down east coast um, uh, of diverse uh, talents and and work. Um, It's a community of clammers and people who work in the woods. 
um, retirees, um, farmers, and the thread that connected everyone seemed to be concerned about the water. It didn't matter whether you mm-hmm. were a Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, everybody was concerned about their water. And that seemed to be the issue that brought everyone together. There were so many people, when we finally had the vote on our town ordinance to regulate mining in our town, the line was out the door and the meeting proceedings had to be delayed um, for quite a while to make sure everybody got in the building who wanted to vote. It was amazing. Wow, that is amazing. And so you just talked about this, you know, can you just talk a little bit more specifically about what you were able to achieve as a community to stop Wolfden and his tracks? You talk about that vote. I think it was, I mean, it was definitive, right? There's no question the, the, the final tally. I think it was 129 to 48, 120, mm. <clears throat> excuse me, 129 in favor of the ordinance, 48 opposed. Uh, the ordinance was to regulate mining, which is what the state allows towns to do. And a limit was set on the um, the area, the size of the mine, basically. So the town was able to set a limit on the size of mining operations in the town, which basically would exclude big mining operations, such as the ones that um, Wolfton was proposing. Mm, great. And can you give us, obviously, Wolfton was trying to change people's minds here. Can you give us an example of uh, one of the more egregious things that Wolfton did in the lead up to this vote or as part of this process? Well, actually, Colin, they weren't really trying to convince the townspeople. Interesting. Um, yeah, that was one of the things that was kind of shocking. Um, for example, in their Picket Mountain uh, rezoning application, they talked about hauling the Picket Mi- Mountain waste to Pembroke. Um, some 3.6 million tons um, over 10 years, which would mean 14 tractor trailer trucks per day coming into Pembroke from Picket Mine for 10 years. And no one from the company ever came to the town and said, well, beautiful community on the down east coast full of conserved land uh, and people's livelihoods and water wells. What would you think about dumping this waste in your town? Um, That wasn't done. And Um, yeah, but you asked, so basic, so basically, um, we, it was very surprising that they didn't really come and try to sell the project at all mm-hmm. to the town, just sort of announced what they were going to do. And I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, yeah, I, I think it's an example of how their sort of operation is kind of so un, unprofessional in, in so many ways. That's I was just, that's about 130 miles you would be shipping, you would be trucking that waste, right? I mean, you said 40, uh, I just did it on Google Maps, but that's that's also a long way to run, to run waste. Yep. Yeah, 138 miles through through Maine and through some precious places. Well, thank you um, so much, Robin. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts uh, or if anything you really want to emphasize uh, about your experience with uh, Wolfden and Pembroke before we move, we move on to Mary Alice? Well, I just want to say the other thing that was really striking as I think back about it was just um, the way things would, would be said or be done that turned out later not to be exactly true. Hmm. And, and the way that they troubled um, 
an active duty serviceman with deep roots in our town who simply wanted to come back to his land next to the mine and after his retirement from active service duty. I mean, this guy, Jason Barrett, did three tours of Iraq and one in Afghanistan, and he was getting letters from the Wolfton attorney threatening an injunction against wow. him if he didn't stop asking them to produce the actual legal proof that they had mining rights on his property. So wow. just really disappointing behavior. Yeah, disrespectful too. And I, you know, I know we saw comments from their CEO that were, have just been outrageous, disrespecting tribes, but also saying, that just reminds me of that comment that he said something like, I mean, I'll have to go back, but it's, it, he said something essentially like, you can just go onto people's land and do whatever you want, which is a sense, which sounds like exactly what they were doing and it, totally disrespectful to main, main people, um, their experience in their communities. Well, thanks for that uh, example. Robin, um, I wanted to switch to Mary Alice now um, and turn to you. And can you just, like we did with Robin, can you just give us a little background uh, into you, what you love about Patton? Uh, I would love to hear that. Okay, well, I'm what um, we affectionately call in the Katahdin region, a new local. <laughs> and uh, so I go back to 2014 when I, um, came to the region and bought, uh, some, uh, bought a home and fell in love with uh, the region, uh, with, the, um, with the opportunities and future that mm -hmm. uh, you know, the region had. And uh, what I love about Patton uh, is it is on this, I mean, we have uh, Katahdin, we have the mountain range, and we have these glorious vistas, wonderful water, mm -hmm. uh, gateway to uh, the north end of Baxter State Park and the uh, Katahdin Woods and Water National Monument. Uh, it's a good place. It is a, a really stunning place. And, um, you know, we talked, we, I sort of alluded to the fact, we talked about the fact that Wolfton is proposing this mine in this region. I'd love to hear from you, from your perspective, you know, why is this mine that Wolfton is proposing not belong uh, in the region you just described? Well, um, before I moved to Maine, I lived in Minnesota. And uh, Minnesota and Maine have some things in common, and that is they both have pristine water places that have been uh, placed at risk. And mm -hmm. in northern Minnesota, there is lots of water and there has been lots of litigation about mining. Mm -hmm. uh, so I knew something about that. And here we have pristine water, some mm -hmm. of the best sites for, you know, these avid dyed in the wool fisher people, you know, and, um, and we also have a pathway forward in terms of a recreational and outdoor economy mm -hmm. that moves us from, you know, from the loss of the mills to 
some real entrepreneurial and other avenues for how we go forward. And a mind doesn't fit with any of that. Mm -hmm. Right. It's contradictory to it for sure. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, uh, after uh, Wolfden was rebuffed by the L LUPC, you and others found out that Wolfden was sort of reaching out to local officials to try and get their support as sort of this last-ditch effort. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Well, I would say that there's one thing, and I don't know who told them or how they figured it out, but Wolfden figured out after Pembroke that they had to try to sell something. <laughs> and so they went to you know, local officials uh, with uh, slick little uh, advertising, glossy things with lots of very interesting words that sound really, really good and like words that might come out of an NRCM kind of publication <laughs> versus Wolfton Resources with absolutely and no lobster rolls and, and lobster rolls. rolls. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know what all was happening. I just know that when Jeremy Wallette showed up in February at a patent select board meeting, they all knew him or most of them, not every select board member. They all they knew him. Um, he acted like they were best friends and they did too. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he wanted to come and, uh, talk about having a host benefit agreement and an ordinance that essentially would say, you know, we are a hundred percent behind you and this mine and we'll be there at your side. Right. A very one-sided argument with no opportunity for, you know, uh, people who are opposing the mine or skeptical of it to raise comments. That's right. I mean, yeah. um, in each community, uh, Sherman, Stacyville, Patton, Morrow Plantation, and Hersey, Wolfton's been. Uh, reaching out. Uh, and the only time that there has been any other information given to any community is when earlier this summer, um, there was a small group of us who really worked to help bring uh, NRCM and Nick Bennett to a community meeting along with Jeremy Willett mm -hmm. uh, over you know, uh, like 60 some people attended that meeting. Um, and then we had our community meeting last week where, mm -hmm. you know, around 55 people came. Uh, otherwise, people are being asked to vote, being asked to say yes, mm -hmm. to host benefit agreements and, uh, you know, whereas clauses that have lots of things around, this is all the things we'll do. Um, and people haven't been able to hear from anyone except Wolfden. Right. That scrutiny is important. 
Um, well, I understand that both the Penobscot Nation, Holton Band of Maliseet Indians came out in opposition to Wolfden's plan. They spoke out at that second meeting and Patton, you talked about. Um, who, who else is speaking out? What are you hearing from residents about this plan? Uh, well, you know, just uh, like what Robin said, um, the biggest concern for people and people who might feel like, oh, it won't be, you know, we should just let this go forward or people who are really opposed, everyone is concerned about water. Mm -hmm. Water is a real thing <laughs> and water is precious and mm -hmm. people get that. And, yeah. uh, you know, other things are, I mean, how does this really work? Uh, wh what about all these trucks? What is going to happen? I mean, the plan, um, you know, you you in your opening talked about sketchy. Well, there the other thing that's sketchy is any information, any real information about how this would really work instead of it instead of just uh, wrapping this up in a sweet little bow. So, yeah, those details matter. I, I love what you both said. I mean, clean water, I think, in lots of places, like you said, is so important. But in Maine, it is really part of our identity. And people, regardless of where they came from, what they believe, what, you know, what, what how they, you know, where they work, et cetera, um, it is really a unifying, a unifying thing, protecting that clean water. Um, so Mary Alice, I'm curious about what's next for Wolfden. I mean, how, how are you, like, how can people get involved in opposing this plan if they're, if, uh, if, if they don't like what they're hearing right now or they want to learn more? Uh, well, I think that they need to keep reaching out to NRCM and uh, asking and finding out information, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, raise awareness that in fact, this mine project uh, right now doesn't seem to be going away. Uh, and mm -hmm. so let's get it back on your, you know, put it in your thinking cap that this is happening. Uh, I think letters to the editor are mm -hmm. really, really good. And what we need in our region is people to really let, um, let their elected officials know that they're not that they're not supportive of this mm -hmm. and um you know and then uh you know we'll see where this process goes but we have to be ready to write letters to the department of DEP, Department mm -hmm. of Environmental Protection, and the Land Use Planning Council, and where whatever we have to do, and um, and not just uh, have faith that the system will work. Mm -hmm. Yep, the pe people are an important part of the system, uh, for sure. And just to clarify, so. Um, Wolfden was forced to withdraw their application to LEPC. They haven't, um, they haven't put a new one in. So clearly this is trying to set the, so, you know, there'll be, like you said, there's going to be a lot more and people are going to be an important part of the process. Well, uh, Robin, did you want to just mention one thing? Yeah. Yeah. I like the way Nick Bennett um, sort of summarized it at the patent meeting saying that 
clearly their um, production of these plans and petitions to LUPC, clearly they are weak. And so they've decided on an alternative process, which is try to go in the back door and do it politically, rather than just submit a first class petition to LUPC, which they should have done in the first place. Robin, that's exactly both Robin and I were like, we got to tell you the thing out here in Berlin, and that is that they didn't. They didn't do a good petition. And now, um, you know, in terms of where they are going to put their tailings, they are very much looking not in unorganized territories. They are looking in towns. Mm -hmm. And they're looking right. in towns because we don't know why. But of course, the LUPC does not have jurisdiction in those municipalities. Mm -hmm. Well, there's going to be a lot more for sure. And I just want to thank you both so much for taking the time to join us. As we've discussed previously, NRCM's deeply involved, Nick Bennett, our staff scientist, deeply involved in opposing Wolfton's plans. But as with all the work that we do, we're driven by, you know, the passion, the dedication you just heard of everyday Mainers like Robin and Mary Alice, who care so much about Maine's environment, our communities. So we're just so grateful to both of you for everything you've done to shine a light on Wolfton and to protect Maine's environment for everyone to enjoy. And I'm just so grateful you took the time out of your busy, busy schedules to just have this quick conversation with me. Before we wrap up, I didn't know if you have, it sounded like that was a good closing thought we had, but if there's anything else you want to say before we wrap up, you know, now's the time to do it. Well, I just want to thank NRCM for taking the lead on this. It's great. Ditto, ditto. Thank you, NRCM. Brilliant. And so- and Robin. Go team. Uh, you, 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 we're a formidable team. Um, and, you know, I think Mary Alice did talk about some information we have on our site. You can go to nrcm.org where we've got information about Wolfton's activities. Uh, and I just want to thank our listeners once again for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends, family, and neighbors. Spread the word, uh, whoever you think might be interested. Thanks for listening to Maine Environment Frontline Voices. If you enjoy this episode, you can subscribe to our podcast or leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and several other podcast listening apps. Since 1959, NRCM has been tapping into the power of the Maine people, science, and the law to protect and enhance the nature of Maine. To learn more about our work, visit nrcm.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at N.